Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, Zibby. Thank you for joining me today to talk about your memoir, Flickens. Ah, uh-uh, thanks, Annie. It looks so great to see you holding it. I just loved it. I read it on the beach. It's so relatable. And I'm just curious, what motivated you to write it? I've been writing a version of this book on and off since I graduated from business school in 2003. Uh, The middle part where I lost my best friend, Stacy, on 9-11. I've been writing and rewriting my way through that for decades at this point, because that is how I process that event in my life. So that was initially where this came from. Mm -hmm. And that book I've been writing and rewriting and my life keeps changing. And I've written all these other iterations of it, but that was the initial inspiration for it. Yeah, that's so tragic. I didn't realize how close you were um, to Stacy until I read your book and she was your best friend. And it was so horrific. And so you, I'm thinking that the reason you, one of the reasons you wrote about it at first was to heal, like a therapeutic Mm -hmm. reason. Yes. And then you weren't able to publish it. So whatever happened to that book? Did you include a lot of that within this new book? No, just a little bit, just some scenes. Um, But, you know, things have changed over time. The parts that are the most important stay the clearest in my mind. And so I wrote about those. Um, Parts of it have, back then I was much more concerned about, yes, of course, what was happening, but also my relationships at the time and da, da, da. And now like that, all of that fades to the background as it does in in bookends. Um, So it's just, uh, it's almost like a sorting exercise where, or like, or filtering right through a flower sifter and the and the things and just the best sort of came through it and I kept kept the drags and tossed them (laughs) yeah yeah so what was the hardest part about writing your memoir starting it (laughs) uh when I sold this iteration uh to my editor Carmen Johnson at little a we had to figure out what was the best way to tell the story? Because I pitched, I sold it on proposal and I had all these ideas for it and I just needed some structure. And that was the hardest was figuring out out how to tell all the stories I wanted to tell and make it a coherent narrative. And so I ended up doing it by thinking about it in terms of scenes. So I would just write various scenes and then one thing would lead to another, but that yeah, was the most, yeah. that was the most challenging. Yeah, your life is fascinating. So one thing that I related to was this feeling of anxiety. I think a lot of people have anxiety. And I, would you talk a little bit about your experiencing experiences with that? Well, for example, I related to the part where you were in your class at school and everybody's talking over you and I actually dropped a class in college because of that same reason. So if you could talk about anxiety and your experience and what you do to manage it, if you still have it. Oh, not enough. I I don't (laughs) manage it well enough. Um, Yes, I've had all different forms of anxiety over the years. I had a lot of social anxiety as a child. 
there is a difference between that and just being shy. Um, but I had a really hard time even talking, which I write about in the book. And that's another reason why writing has been such a lifeblood for me all, all of these years. I've had separation anxiety. I, I still have separation anxiety from my own kids. Um, I, yeah, I basically worry about everything. And for a long time, I thought everybody did until I realized that some people don't, <laughs> which yeah. must be nice for them. But how do I manage it? I mean, I've been in therapy my whole life pretty much. Um, I've done everything from cognitive behavioral therapy to, well, I don't know, talk therapy to analysis to, you know, everything. Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, how do I manage it? I just try to get through the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just sort of a part of who I am. And mm -hmm. since I've become a podcaster, I realized that it's a part of who a lot of authors are. So I seem to have found my people. I think anxiety is so common and particularly on the heels of this, well, not even heels, as this pandemic is in its current iteration, wherever we are, who knows, in the timeline of it. A lot of people are anxious about a lot of things. And I, sometimes I feel like all my worries are completely justified. I'm like, well, look at the paper. It's okay that I don't want to leave the house or whatever it is. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can relate to that. I can. So, you wrote for magazines and you ghost, you were a ghostwriter. So, what was your first? Um, gosh, you had one something in 17 Magazine, didn't you? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So yeah, talk about your writing journey. Yes, it has been a long one. <laughs> uh, it started in, in third grade when I wrote How the Donut Got Its Hole in the Style of Rudyard Kipling. Might have been fourth grade. That was an assignment for school. And I wrote this other short story at school. Well, at the time, I think I thought it was a novel, but it, it's a short story. Um, and my grandparents published it as a little miniature mm -hmm. book. Yeah. And I really feel like that sort of changed my life as much as a life can be changed at age, at age 10. I should say it pointed me in the direction of the literary life. And even though I was already a huge book lover and loved to write anyway. So I wrote those and I decided I, I wanted to be a writer when I grew up. And I've been trying to be a writer when I grew up since then. <laughs> I, I wrote by accident an essay for... 17 magazine that I wrote as a just a journal feelings thing that my mm -hmm. mother found and said you should send this in it'll help other girls and I like to think I'm still writing for those same girls as they've all grown up that yeah. the things that I face and we've all collectively gone through are, are often similar and um, it just so happens that some of my losses have been on on these large-scale national issues, right? Like I lost someone on 9-11. I lost a loved one to COVID. I lost, you know, like my, my losses I, and, and in so many ways to cancer, to suicide, to like, I, there are all these boxes that my story seems to tick. Um, and a lot of other people share all of it. So the fact that maybe all of this is in one story may be unique, but none of the stuff in there is that unique on its own. Unfortunately, a lot of people face a lot of the same stuff. Um, yeah. So I hope that my sharing it makes people feel less alone and know that, you know, I'm here too. I've gone through all this stuff and mm -hmm. the lessons at least that I've learned, I think have really made me have a better life while I'm still here. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, th that all comes through. I didn't realize how like how young you were when you started writing and yeah, everything you write does um, relate. Someone can take something away from it. You know, you have lots of life lessons that you share. And I and I think a lot of writers write about to so that other people don't feel alone as well. And you don't feel alone as you're writing. You're like someone can can actually relate to this, it resonate and hope you help someone at the same time. So yeah. Um, so I was interested in so you moved to LA at one point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so New York and LA are two very different cities and I'm not going to ask you to choose which one you love but what do you love about both of the cities um I still spend a lot of time in both New York and LA yes I lived in LA after I graduated from college in 1998 I lived there for almost two years and at that time I lived in West Hollywood, like right above the Sunset Strip because I wanted it to be as much like New York City as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I moved there for the, the boy I was dating at the time or man or whatever. Um, so I'm not sure I ever would have, I'm not sure I would have, let me just, I would not have gone after college had it not yeah. been for him. I probably would have come back to New York and yeah. been very comfortable. Um, but I went and I, there are parts of it I loved. I didn't realize you could have a life where everything, like you, you didn't just have to get through every, everything for me in New York is like on its way to summer. Like, I just want to get to summer. Yeah. I like, you have to brave the seasons. I am such a warm weather type person. So yeah, yeah. Uh, in LA, it was just nice all the time. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. so nice. So, yeah. um, so I personally loved that. And I, I just, I, I love it. So still today, um, and we spend a lot of time, I love the pace of LA. I think here, mm -hmm. even though I stay in my apartment a lot of the time, um, the pace is a little quick. It's quicker. There's so much stuff here and COVID canceled all of that, but yeah. there were, there's always so much going on. And mm -hmm. at least my life in LA has never been as connected as my life here. I've grown yeah. up here. I have my four kids in schools here. I know a lot, a lot of people and I'm involved in a lot of things. So it can be really overwhelming for me uh, mm -hmm. to even decide what to do. And, and most of the time I don't even want to go out at night when I have my kids because uh, I'm divorced and remarried. So Anyway, I love both coasts I, and I feel very lucky that I have the best of both worlds, which is that we still go out. My husband now is a movie and film producer. Nice. Um, and so his work takes him to LA a lot during the weeks and I can go out during the weekends and it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm a warm weather person too. I'm in Chicago and I'm always waiting for summer as well. So I round March, I always have to get away. And that was mm -hmm. hard, to, couldn't do it during COVID. So yeah. yeah, I totally understand. It's like a vacation to warm weather, <laughs> get yes. me out of the winter. <laughs> but after two years there, at least at that point in my life, I was ready to come home from vacation. Like yeah. I was ready for the real stuff. It just felt like, like I was cheating or something if it wasn't yeah. hard enough. Yeah. Now you mentioned your husband now. And so he was a tennis pro and you met him playing tennis, which mm -hmm. do you guys still play tennis? Yeah. Yeah. Do. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love how you talk about how you have a type A personality and how your husband is more laid back and I have the same situation. I'm type A, so I get it. Um, and you, you were writing a fiction novel about your relationship. So 
whatever happened to that? <laughs> oh, there are just so many discarded drafts of so many things. Yeah. Yes, I wrote about it. I wrote it as a novel called 40 Love. And I just wasn't going, it didn't like do the trick. It wasn't enough. It, because yeah. I really ultimately just wanted to tell my story. I just wanted to get it out and I fictionalized it for various reasons, but it, it just wasn't as successful. So, yeah. Uh, so that's an address. You put, you put the information into your memoir, which I, I read that that was real to you and I applaud you for that. It's, it doesn't need to be fiction. It's it's a real story. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. truth is stranger than fiction. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, talk about, so you, I didn't realize you help with startups, um, which is, uh, uh, which is amazing. What is one of your favorite startups that you helped with? Well, I was involved with, <laughs> Not sure how much I actually helped, but I was involved with paymybills.com, which okay. was launched from Idea Lab. They were some of the first, it was one of the first companies that came into the Idea Lab incubator when I was working there on the marketing side. So I got to go through the whole process with them. Um, even though I wasn't on their team, I could help with, from the beginning, I was ordering their business cards and stationery and um, would go to these marketing breakfasts and business development breakfasts and CEO breakfasts that I was organizing on behalf of our parent company so I could learn from everybody. And then I, my social life ended up dovetailing a lot with the Pay My Bills team. Uh, mm -hmm. And then eventually they were sold uh, to E-Trade and I think it was E-Trade. And I remember there was this Super Bowl ad and, or they had just invested in Pay My Bills, something like that. But there was a Super Bowl ad. This must have been in 1999 or, or 2000. And it was just two monkeys like playing a guitar. And then the caption said, well, we just wasted $2 million. <laughs> and everybody, everybody cheered in the whole Super Bowl party. Awesome. So I got to, and that was, that's like my yeah. pet company. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, yeah. So you have a marketing branding background, which seems to be serving you well with your own companies now. Um, so talk about this whole like reinventing yourself. You, you're, okay, so you're a mom and you're going through the overwhelming activities of motherhood. And then at some point, and you're reading books, and at some point you decide to reinvent yourself. So talk about what spurred this. It wasn't quite as intentional um, a reinvention. It didn't start, it, it wasn't like, okay, here I go. What do I wanna be next? <laughs> Everything was one day to the next. Although I will say there was, I even mentioned this in my wedding speech, this whole notion of recovering and how I wasn't, it wasn't just recovering. It was also like recovering my body. Like even my clothes were different and now my job and like everything that was like stolen from a soul cycle class, by the way. Uh, so I, I guess I was able to just tap into the part of myself that I hadn't been accessing for a long time. And because I had time without my kids, I, I had to figure out who I was without my kids. And I think that this happens to a lot of people 
when their kids go to college. Mm -hmm. And my kids were so little, but I had to face it then and be like, well, okay, I could just hang out and watch movies the whole time they're gone. And I did that for a little bit in the beginning with, you know, I, that was nice to just yeah. hang out, but I'm not very good at relaxing. So soon I was trying to figure out what next and yeah. being productive and writing and helping with companies and, and making things and creating, that's all really important to me. It makes me really happy and feel good and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy working really hard um, mm -hmm. on things that don't feel like work. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, my, it's really a happy place for me. So yeah. as I've done one thing after another, and realize that I'm a lot less afraid to fail than I would have thought. I'm really just not afraid. I, I really mm -hmm. like testing things out and experimenting. And uh, so I was doing that in lots of ways. And, and so much has changed. I mean, mm -hmm. even the people we're hanging out with sometimes. And like, I was just, a, I was like a different person. I felt like a different person. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been wild. It's been wild. Yeah, truly, truly, because it almost <laughs> didn't happen, right? It could have easily not happened. And yeah. all of this could have just not happened. And it, it shouldn't have happened really, when, but it did. And here we are. So it was crazy. <laughs> yes. So if you could give anyone advice who who's, I don't know, I like the word reinvention, is looking to do something different. I mean, you've done it. So what advice do you give to people who are looking for something else? <sighs> I mean, I, through my divorce, I found the space to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not suggesting people run out and get divorced, uh, but if they're able to find space, yeah. mental space, time, all of that, it will be, they, you need it. I, I think you need, even if it's just going to the library or decide, you know, just something, something you carve out for yourself where other people aren't in your space all the time. I think that's really important. So you can yeah. be creative. I mean, I have, and sleep, like I don't sleep at all when I have my kids ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of every two weeks, I feel the effects of that. Like I feel it and I'm, I'm ready. I'm never ready. I'd much rather have my kids 24 seven all the time and not have to split custody, but given how intense I push it when I do have them knowing it's a short time I am like yeah. you know it, by the time they leave I'm like oh my gosh and I usually sleep for like 12 hours yeah. uh, so I think and then once I've slept I end up coming up with all these ideas and I, I write them down and I pursue them and I have the energy for them so it's very easy for me to say oh get more sleep but because I don't listen to myself when I have the kids I, I was up at five today because you know, and it was a victory because, you know, my yeah. son was stayed in bed from 440 till five and now yeah. he wants you know, ice cream as a reward. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so um, I, I, I just think it's really important to reclaim some space and place and space and time and all that. Um, and I did not start this as a job at all. Yeah. Like it didn't and it didn't make money for a very long time. And that wasn't my goal for a very long time. I was just loving what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I still, I still love what I'm doing. And it's great. And I, there were times once I started where I was like, okay, well now I need to be part of a network and now I need to monetize it. And all the advice was like, just take it, just keep doing what you're doing. 
Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing and see what happens. So that's been my mantra. And that's what I would say to somebody else. Try something, pursue something because you love it. Even mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel like a job, even if you don't know how it could ever make money, if you love it and you're passionate about it, you're good at it, something will happen. Just be open yes. to where it can lead. Yeah, I think it's really about finding your passion, your joy, and try as mothers, you know, trying to find the time to to build it in and sleep. I I get the whole sleep thing. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to come by for sure. Yeah. So I talk about um leaving the books through bookends. I just mm-hmm. loved how you associated books to each chapter and you really had to pull like did you have to pull that out of like your past like I I won't don't remember what I read you know 15 years ago but you seem to really just like oh during this time in my life I read this (laughs) so I have the kind of bad memory where if you if you say oh remember when we went to this party I'll be like oh right but if I if you said tell me about a party you went to it wouldn't come up Right. So I needed something to trigger the memory. So for some years I Googled like, what were the big books that year? What were people reading? And then I was like, oh, right. I was reading that book and oh my gosh, that's right. That book we did for book club. So, and I, and a lot of the books I have here still, or I have at my mom's house or something. So I could remember, I, you know, I could look at them and, and know. Um, but yeah, I did, I did have to do some Googling just to remember. And that spurred my memory. Yeah, I I thought the same thing, though, when I was looking through your reading list, and I actually checked off the ones that I've read. Oh, good. And I did the same thing, like, oh, okay, yes, when was that book? Okay, I must have been going through this in my life. (laughs) So I get that, like, oh, yeah, when did it come out? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's so many I forgot, right? Every day I'm like, oh, no, I didn't put in that, and oh, no, I didn't put in this, and I did read that, and... Yeah, it was important to me, but I forgot it. So yeah. it's an incomplete list, but I did my best. Yeah, yeah. Well, nothing's ever a complete. So, so okay. So, um, if someone wants to write a memoir, what are what is your advice? I mean, now you have Zippy Books, and people are you're publishing memoirs. So, what is your advice? Have you give, been giving out some to your um, people that you're publishing? Um, I should be. (laughs) Advice. I really like the idea of an interesting structure and knowing it ahead of time, like not going in totally, although probably Lee, my co-founder, Lee's advice is just to to write, like write X number of pages and then see what's coming out and you'll find your story. And um, that didn't, I felt that didn't work as well for me, but that's, that is a good piece of advice. Um, The advice I give to memoirists, I mean, I think it's really tricky deciding what to include and what not to include. And I think you have to be really open with yourself and the people in your life and figure out what you're comfortable with and what you're going to be comfortable with forever. And if you're worried it's going to ruin the book, think really hard about whether you want to sell the book, right? Are you writing this for you or your kids or or your close friends or are you writing this to sell it because those are very different. Mm -hmm. So, and I would also say, you know, this is the time for the secrets to come out. I mean, things that 
people might not know, stories you might not have told, secrets you might have been keeping, but maybe their expiration dates have come. Like really go there. Mm -hmm. The more it's upsetting, the more uncomfortable you are, as long as it's not affecting other people or whatever, I would say that's the stuff that people connect on. It's not the superficial. The deeper you go, the closer you'll get to someone else. And I think that's what makes great memoir. Also great writing. So I would say don't skimp on the writing, and but you can polish the sentences at the end. I think that the hardest part is just getting to the core of you and your story and 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 writing the scenes of your life, the scenes that meant a lot to you. So. Yeah, that's good advice because I, I as I was reading it, you you packed a lot into your memoir. Was it a lot longer at first? Did you find yourself yeah. cutting things out? Yeah. Yes, a lot. I've cut a lot out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it ended up being a very good memoir. So I hope a lot of people read it. Thank um, you. Where can people find bookends? Well, they can find it at select indie bookstores. You'll have to check if your neighborhood or you should ask your local indie to carry it. And it's on Amazon. It's been, it was published by Little A, which is an Amazon owned company. And whatever your views of Amazon, um, they make really good books. You know, they have their own publishing yes. empire. So you can always find it there. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I just loved our conversation. Thank you for reading my book. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, I loved it. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.